today on the Tim Marner podcast show, we've got Marina Lazarus, the love alchemist. Do you know what I want to start? I want to start with your dad. Okay. Tell me the story about your dad, because I feel like this is your why, and why you're oh. doing what you're doing is because of your dad. So can we talk about him a little yeah, bit? Yeah, of course, yeah. So go on. My dad, very close to my dad. My dad's Greek. Very hard working, works seven days a week. Big heart. Lots of trauma, my dad. So my dad was in a village in Cyprus. He fought, um, his auntie was his mum. He was about five, something like that. His mum turned up and went, I'm your mum. He was like, what? She said, you're coming to England. He was devastated. Loved being in the village, loved playing with his cousins. So she brings him to England and he's an immigrant. So he looks different. You know, my dad looks like Al Pacino, like complete gangster. <laughs> and his dad was a hard man, real, a real hard man. Owned restaurants in London, worked seven days a week and beat my dad. Was really aggressive to, to my dad. So my dad's come here, aggressive father, Mother, probably, you know, Greek mum, very loving. Um, but obviously she didn't stick up for him with his dad. So my dad only knew abuse. You know, he only knew violence. So my dad was brought up... Have you talked about this before? Um, I don't know if I've really talked about it in detail. Because I feel like this is your why. Yeah. When I'm seeing stuff that you do, because like, obviously, you know, so helping men is your biggest mm, thing, isn't it? It is. So go on, sorry. Yeah. Tell me, more, tell me more about it. So my dad was in Young Offenders when he was young. He was like in and out of prison. He beat up prison. He beat off. He beat up prison officers and police officers. So I think I had a little bit of a fear of police officers when I grew up because of all the stories. So I just heard so many stories about violence growing up from my dad. But my dad, in essence, is a very good soul. He's a very kind soul. <laughs> so there's a very a, bit, a big contradiction, if you like. Yeah. Because it was, there was both. But most of his anger and stuff's coming from trauma, coming from insecurity. It was coming from trauma, although he processed a lot of his trauma. Um, there was still a lot unprocessed. And he worked really, really hard to provide and he changed his life when he met my mum so he fell in love so if we look at my dad's story my dad talks about being in and out of prison being one of the lads being a womanizer yeah you know all the typical yeah male story and then he meets my mum who i would say is an avoidant as what in, does that mean if you look at attachment theory she's my mum's hard cold disconnected Similar to his dad. So similar, you know, because if you don't repair your trauma, it repeats in relationships. And people don't realise that. So, you know, that very much, the essence of being a womanizer and going for the women that don't like you. Because obviously yeah. that's the abuse from his dad. He's looking to repair that relationship. To, fight, to get that love from someone that didn't love him or abused him. So then they attract the toxic woman, if you like, like the toxic father. It's just similar, and it's not being repaired. But my dad, in essence, was the nurturer when I grew up. So even though he had all this hardness, he was very 
soft as well. Um, and I think that's what happens. Sometimes when men are very sensitive and they've got nowhere to use this sensitivity, they end up putting it in channeling it in ways yeah. they don't know they don't know how to. They don't yeah, know what to do there. with it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they end up being aggressive or, you know, oh there's all different out outlets that they do. Yeah. But it's not their fault and it's not because they're not a sensitive person or a good person. They just don't know how. And it's learnt behaviour from their childhood as well. How dark did he get for your dad at points? My dad, because my, this is the thing with my dad. My dad's always really been such a giving, loving person. And that's the reason why I think he's still alive. So, I mean, it's been dark. My dad's told me about being in and out of mental hospitals. He's been in and out of prisons. I mean, he has had some of the worst things done to him. I mean, it's been really dark. And then my dad's success was when he had his children settle down. And then he worked seven days a week. He built a good business, painting decorating company. I had 20 men working for him. I used to go on site with my dad. Love it because he's talking to everyone. And my dad would talk to everyone and anyone, you know. And that ability to communicate with everybody and be the life and soul is what made him really successful. But because he had so much trauma and he didn't rest and there was no balance, he become really ill. So he got given like 24 hours to live. He nearly died. And in that process of nearly dying, he never, he never regained his confidence. He never came back the same. So he did almost, he did die. The person that I knew died. He never worked again. And he, and he suffered, he got stuck in that victim mode and never got out of it. What is that victim mode? I know you talk about this quite a bit, don't you, mm. about the victim mode. What, what is that? I feel like people live in the past. Yeah. So I think I had that a lot from my dad. He was like talking about the good old days. <laughs> and, yeah. you know, the prison stories, being in and out of prison with the craze, like what he'd done to this person, what he'd done to that. You know, there was an element of getting stuck in the past. And you do, that's like pub talk. You hear about the guys get yeah, together yeah, and they yeah. talk about yeah, the fights yeah. they've had and the yeah. conquests they've had. It's almost like the past. It's not the now. Yeah. They're not really bonding on the now. Or, okay, what's happening now? Let's look at the future. What can we build? What can we do now? What, what, where can we grow? They're just stuck in the past. And that's sad because you waste your life. And I'm like, that's heartbreaking. I think it's worse. The worst thing ever is to see people you love die every day and not live every day. At what point do you see this in your dad and you think to yourself, I need to help him get out? Are you thinking when you're helping men and stuff like that, you've always got kind of your dad in your head that you're kind of helping your dad? Have I got always got my dad in my head? My dad will always be like a strong connection. Yeah. Um, and of course, there's that reparative thing where I've dated men like my dad. Yeah. I don't want to date why like is that? Why? Wh and that's, what? Um, that's psychology. So we do that. I mean, it's normal. So this is where we look at attachment theory and you look at your childhood and you end up dating people like your parents to try and repair anything that, um, you know, like, for example, my inner child might feel like I had to save my mum and dad. And I think that you know what we best do is just let's tell people because I've just called you the lug out love alchemist, right? <laughs> let's just tell people exactly what you do, Marina, before yes. we start getting into it. I'm just like, fucking just gone off yourself again. That's okay, I do coaching. Yeah. And my passion is love and relationships. Yeah. But simplifying it because I think it's so fucking complicated. Yeah. And I think people make a lot of money out of people's trauma. 
and it's wrong. Yeah. Because lots of it is based on attachment theory, it's based on past trauma, and they, and they give people the wrong advice when it comes to dating. Yeah. And it's great to look at my childhood and my why and, and to be like, okay, you know, men also shouldn't suffer. Men should also know patterns. Men should also be loved and understood and not put, be put in boxes. Mm. And, you know, there's all sorts of things going around, like toxic masculinity and all the rest of it. And I feel men's voices are being silenced, silenced more and more. And, yeah, as I say, I almost stutter because I just... I'm so uncomfortable with it all. I think it's swung too much the wrong way with women's rights and independence. It's almost shaming men and mm. I don't like it. So I'm like <laughs> here to help with the balance of it all. But that is probably a strong why the love for my dad. A hundred percent. Because... Yeah, it's just like, you know... A hundred percent. I've seen it. I've seen it on your website <laughs> and I've read it and stuff like that. And I'm just like, why is she doing this? And, and I, I know it is. Yeah. You mentioned it like quite a few times. I mean, I would coach in a prison. I mean, I would coach because I think look, your parents are gifts. The way you look at it, you know, my my mum and dad are both gifts. The the extreme opposites. My mum's mm. very snobby. My dad's really sort of the earths. Yeah. You know, and that enables me to have a wide compassion, like even for really disconnected people that are rude to people. Like I can have compassion for that and understand. It comes from trauma. It comes from low self-worth. Yeah. And it's not about me. Because I've been in it. I've been brought up by people like this. And I believe everyone needs love and everyone needs help. And the only way we change things is not by shaming people, not by calling people toxic, by loving them. That's it. And I'm, I feel very passionate about that. Really passionate about that. Because nobody is bad. There is no good or bad, but... People are all doing their best. And if we shine a light on that and go, like, you know what, you're doing your best. You've done your best up until now. What, what feels good to you? Is what you're doing feeling good or not? When you just... And I'm not here to judge. Who's en who, who am I to judge? Who's anyone to judge? Who's anyone to tell anyone what to do next in their life? It's up, up to them to decide. I can say, look, this is my life experience. This is what I've been through. This is what I've learned. I can show you like the truth because nobody's perfect, nobody's a guru because they're not. I can I can tell you and I can share, and then but it's up it's up to you to decide what to do next. And I honestly feel strongly about that because I think there's again so much false information out there, and so much confusion, and it's not about leading people and leading people blindly. You want people to step into who they really are. How do you do that? How do you do that? How do you help people do that? But Obviously, every person's different, aren't they? And you've got to, like, you know, there's not one size fits all with this. No. And you're literally just sitting down and talking to people and finding out. I don't think you can just sit down and talk to people. I think it's, you know, again, it's coffee shop talk sometimes when people are just going over the same issue again. And as I said with my dad, going back to the victim story, yeah. It's often not empowering and lots of men don't. They don't want to do it. They don't want to talk. I don't want to talk about my problems. Fine. You don't have to fucking talk about it. Okay, what's the emotion? Marina, I'm stuck between a rock and a hard place. Okay, great. Let's go there. What's it feel like to be stuck between a rock and a hard place? Okay. And then we go into that. And then they're going into the feeling or my body, it's just so stiff. <laughs> or whatever it is, you know, whatever you, for example, we could do something with you, but it's like, 
you don't have to talk about the problem. I get it because like I've got I've got a therapist and I see her like every week, every couple of weeks, and like we're talking about feelings. <laughs> I'm just like I don't want to talk about feelings, but yeah. like I need to. Yeah, and again, and when she when you get that and you get that hit in your stomach, you're just like, oh for fuck's sake. Well, I've done it all, and I've done therapy, and I've done everything. For me, that process coaching was. What was the What was the one thing that helped you the most? The process coaching was massively powerful, and visualization, which is what you do now. That's what I do. So, t- talk to me about that. So that's when you go more into the feeling, right? Yeah. So it's okay. Okay, where am I feeling it in my body? Okay, like oh my God, my stomach hurts, like my feelings are, you know, like, okay, what's going on with you now? There's no point in bringing you back to an experience in the past if you're not there now. What's the point in taking you back yeah. and making you go somewhere you're not ready to go? Things come up when you're ready to process them and it's only then you can process them and then you don't have to talk about them if you don't want to talk about them. So if I'm coaching a guy, like we were walking and it's like, okay, what's going on? Like feel your feet on, on the floor or if they're angry, it's like, okay, let's punch. <laughs> and we're both punching and screaming and I'm doing it too. And then there's no, like, of me just watching them. But when I've actually done this myself, to myself, it's been massive because then a feeling's jumped into my throat and it's like, oh my God, and then I'm pressing my throat. It's like, oh, what am I trying to say? What do I need to say? And something will just come out. So it's much more like your body holds much more wisdom. And allowing people to access through processing in the body, for me, is much more powerful than just sitting there logically trying to go, okay, what am I feeling? What am I feeling? I don't want to talk about my feelings. Because it's almost like you're shutting down. Have you got to this place? Have you, have you got to this kind of wisdom, this kind of knowledge? What sort of darkness have you got through to kind of go, look, I need to change my shit because I'm... Can we talk about... Yeah, your, I've, your... I've always been into this. It's not something... I would say having my dad nearly die when I was 10, having two parents that didn't work, having them having so much trauma... Yeah. Made me study it. I was at school... I was studying philosophy, theology, and psychology at school. So I was always into this. I was always fascinated by people. I think if you have complicated people around you, you either go one way or the other way. You either are really intrigued by it, intrigued by people, curious. And you also have to be, because you never know what's going to happen next. You're around unpredictable people. So you have to learn. And you have to learn how to deal with situations, deal with different people. Like I was out on the streets when I was young. I wasn't just sitting at home. I was like on the streets and people were trying to have fights with me and stuff. Like I had quite a interesting life. So, and the way I always, I suppose the way I've always done well is through visualization. And my dad has been a good guidance. My dad was always my biggest champion. You can do anything, Marina. Um, him nearly dying, he had really strong belief that he wasn't gonna die. And he was like, the doctors said, no, I'm not listening to them. I'm drinking my hot water and lemon. I remember him always being really powerful and strong and always like, no, I can heal myself. He was very spiritual as well, my dad. So he told me about auras. He told me about spiritual experiences. Even though it was very hard, he taught me about all of that at a young age. I like that combo, me. The hardness and the what's it, but then that spiritual soft side as well. Yeah, I think it's, it's a nice rare. balance. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, we don't, but then again, it's about not judging a book by its cover. So my dad had tattoos. Well, my dad's still here, but he's got tattoos with like a knife for a woman's head. Right. But then he's also, would talk to anyone and give anything to anyone. And the only reason why he's been in them aggressive situations, I would say, is because he was pushed to his limits when he was young. Yeah. And he didn't know anything else. It's not because he's a bad person. He is a good person and he's very wise, spiritually wise. Um, Let's talk about spirituality with you, right? 
So let's talk about, talk about it? Yeah, let's, lots of it's trauma too. Let's talk about um, let's talk about mushrooms. Okay. Okay. Yeah. What experience have you had with mushrooms? Yeah, I mean, or this, ayahuasca? Where have you? Where Where are you at? You. This is like a topic that I'm really passionate about. Actually. Right. Sweet. Right. Okay. So let's talk about this. Yeah, because I've had I've had two mushroom so, experiences. My dad. They just keep getting worse. My dad basically took LSD, and that's the reason why he ended up in a mental home when he was young. So my dad was always like, Marinas don't take drugs, but you know, do what you got to do. Yeah. But it's not a good idea. You can fuck with your head. I'm like, okay, dad. <laughs> well, of course. This is it with your parents. You know, you're always going to experiment and do your own things and learn your own way. Um, and the reason I had a natural birth, so I've had two kids and they've been my biggest spiritual awaken, awakenings. But my second, I done with no medication. I had her at seven in the morning, like I visualized down to the time of seven in the morning without no medication at home. One of the most powerful spiritual experiences of my life. You don't really talk about this much though on your Instagram and stuff, do you? The, the spiritual side of it. And I know it's massive in you. I don't know why I know, but I do know that it is massive. Yeah. With, do you talk about it? I have not, talked about it. Maybe not, not as much as just on that experience only. Um, but that was through hypnosis. So I learned hypnobirthing to teach. So when I learn something, I learn it, right? So I yeah. learned hypnobirthing to teach. But I also learned the science and the logic because I believe in learning the science and the logic too. Yeah. I learned every outcome and then I was put my intention in. So I let go of attachment. And then I was like, okay. That's the problem I've got. Yeah. Yeah. But you know, and then, and then it was like, okay. And everyone's thought I was mad. And I done it, that's seven, down to the time. I had no help with childcare, no help with childcare with my second, and I needed it to be seven in the morning. It was seven in the morning. So when you do something like that, you realize how powerful you are and how strong you are, like in your mind. Like, and that was natural. And I had a vision of me with Is that the first time you felt the power in you, in how powerful you were? I think giving birth, I mean, I've had different experiences where I've known that my Soul is really powerful. Talk to me about that. <laughs> um, just even when I was young, like I had one experience where I went to like pure light, and don't just come on, Marie. <laughs> you can't just fucking say that and then just give me the story behind Dude, it. It was nothing. It was just. It was very simple actually. I was just at home. I was, you know, I was in my teenage years at the time. When I was in my teenage years, I worked three days, three evenings, and a Saturday in sales. I was top regional salesperson at Direct Line Insurance. And I was studying. I was like, but I remember just laying on my bed. And I had this vision of me having dinner with this guy. And at the time I was talking to an, an older guy. And I remember thinking, hmm, there's something wrong about this older guy. And then I just went towards the light. And I, and I saw my body on the bed. And I was like, shit. But I was asking a lot of questions when I was studying theology and philosophy. Like, is... Have I really got a soul? What's all this about? Like, I was kind of asking for it. And then I was like, oh, I have got a soul because I can see my body. And I went towards the light, but it was such a beautiful, pure feeling. I can't explain it. It was just like beautiful. It was just oneness. But I was like, please, can I go back? I got really scared. I was like, I want to go because I went to darkness. I want to go back. And I went back into my body and I remember like the feeling of bang, back in and my heart racing. I remember talking to my dad about it. And my dad was like, oh, it's fine. It just, you know, it's just, I've had, it's happened to me loads of times. And talking to me and like about things that have happened to him. I was like, okay, dad. 
So I was like, okay. So then I got a bit scared to meditate and stuff because I was like, shit, I want to be able to come back. And this is where you need to be careful with all these things because there's light and dark in all of this. But I tell you, that experience was really pure. And I had another experience when actually my ex-husband proposed to me <laughs> and I collapsed. And again, I went into this beautiful, pure light. Well, he proposed to you. Yeah, maybe it was a warning not to marry him. <laughs> no, sorry. <laughs> but we was in Dubai and, yeah, I um, I remember this guy just talking. He sorted out the ring out there. And I remember him talking, talking, talking. I looked at him. I'm never rude to anyone. And I was just like, can you just please be quiet? And as I said it, I collapsed. And I collapsed and I and I went into this again, like another, pu- this pure place. What is it? What 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 this is pure, this? This pure place is very beautiful, but you don't. I've never got there. On, so I've done mushrooms and DMT. It's completely different. Yeah. And the reason why I've done mushrooms and DMT was because obviously I was going through my divorce. I'm in these coaching circles. Everyone's in it all, and you know, obviously Gab or Mate and all different people talk about processing trauma through mushrooms and. What do you call him, Gab, Gab or Mate? Is that how you talk? So, I, don't no. know. <laughs> I don't think he's called him Mate or something. Oh, that's it. Yeah, yeah. Gab or Mate. Whatever his name is. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but they all talk about, you know, this process and trauma. So again, yeah, like yeah. for me to be able to then go give my real ex- opinion, I've got to do it. I don't have to do it, but people will find me more credible if I say, look, I've done it. This is what I learned. So what I learned, first of all, with the DMT, I was like, I'm not too sure if I should do it or not. And I had an actor friend, and he was like, Marina, come on, you've got to do DMT. Do... And I was like, okay, right. So eventually I was like, I had this like, bit of an insight, like I need to do it. I'm going to do it. A calling? I feel like it was a bit like a calling, but I don't know if it was them calling me to do it. Because my actor friend and this shaman was quite dark. Not so much my actor friend. He, if he ever listens to this, he'd be like, Marina... But this, you know, when I went there, there was like a rose quartz near the triangle. They do it on a triangle thing. And that's like a love thing, isn't it? I brought my dad with me, actually. I was like, Dad, come on. <laughs> I was like, Major, kept brought him along. And he actually had the COVID vaccine. So I don't know if it was a call because DMT is meant to help with that, you know, for me to help him. I'm not sure. But I went with my dad. But I was in a very high... Just do DMT together. Yeah. So I was in a very high vibrational place when I went. And when I'd done the DMT afterwards, it lowered my vibrational energy for, say, like, two months. And I didn't go to a place of peace like I'd done naturally. It was fucking chaos. Yeah. It was all these different shapes. And when I was under, like, so the shaman, done, he'd done these different things, and they weren't really respecting the process. They were talking. And I could see them talking, these guys, and I was like... I actually got quite angry. I was like, Yeah, I mean the same. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, respect. It's a ceremony, this. Come on. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But I could, you know, and then there was an element of, because obviously you do this thing where you sniff it up your nose. I don't know if you've done it. Never had it, no. And then the eye drops, and then you go under with this. Yeah. And this thing, anyway, um, I couldn't smoke it down, so I just had, like, the bong of it. But when I went under, the shaman kind of comes into experience. Don't you get it's really weird. So, I've is he Manu? Oh, uh, well, and so basically, when I've gone under, all these shapes and stuff were, I could see all these different shapes and, and lots of these, like Picasso's. I can understand where, like, yeah, quite a lot of art comes yeah, from yeah, now because yeah, yeah. I've seen all these shapes and, yeah. and the, I heard about like, this circle and there was like mm. a healing element to it. 
But I had this strong voice come to me, really strong internal voice. Marina, you don't ever need to do this again. Shouted it, and then again. Who was it? It was like a man's voice. A guide. It was, yeah, it must have been. It was very powerful and very strong. You don't ever need to do this again. Three times it shouted to me. I came round. I was like, thank you very much. I don't ever need to do this again. And they just both looked at me. They're like, you haven't done it. You haven't done it. Or you haven't gone in with the sound healing. You haven't done this bit. I went, I never need to do this again. Yes. And they just like looked at me. Who was that who who shouted to you? I I think it's, I feel like it's my my being, my soul. No, it's a guide. Come to say stuff to you. It was so Have you ever had it before? Have you ever had it before where you've had a guide tell you stuff? In your mushrooms or anything? I mean, I've heard of all different experiences of that, but that was just a bit like, it was just going into chaos, not peace. Peace is, natural experiences are not like that. Yeah. It's peaceful. Yeah. It feels calm. It doesn't feel like you've gone into this land of chaos where everything's just disjointed. And then, then what I noticed from it is the chaos around these people, yeah. which I didn't notice before. So it enlightened me to this mm. chaos around these guys. Yeah. And... Yeah. their darkness yeah and it, I felt like maybe they were calling my light a bit to go so now I'm more consciously aware of who I'm around because testing, sometimes yeah. you testing can, your light yeah, like that. You yeah and you might think oh I've got this calling to do something well are they actually calling you because intentionally people can be wanting you to I don't know to be around you and like is that is this right I want and a piece of their light is this right yeah. And you need to go, okay, you might feel like you should go there. Is your intuition, but is this right? Or are they calling me there? Yeah. But either way, it doesn't matter because I learned what I needed to learn was that my being is very powerful and strong and that around all of this is a lot of chaos and a lot of darkness and a lot of trauma. And there's a lot of people taking advantage of people that are in trauma around mushrooms and DMT and it's not fucking right. Very good, Marina. I love that. It's not right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because with even with the mushrooms, I've got another friend. Yeah. He's American. He's majored in psychology. He's done the coaching model that I've done, which takes two years to study in. It's the most credible. And he's like talking about mushrooms and then I've done it with him, right? So again, the integration was okay because we well, can talk to one another. But again... It lowered my vibrational energy. Yeah, I can see the molecule of the rain, and it's an amazing experience seeing the molecule of the rain. But saying, I don't want to do this fucking again. I'm not doing this again. What's the point? But was that not because of the space that you were in? No, because he was—he's brilliant. Like he's one of my good friends. He's a good person. But it's just like, and it was good energy. But still, it's better to be here, present. I've chosen to have this human experience to be here in this dimension and to be present fully, not to escape to other dimensions. There's an element of, with the spiritual community and with all of this, what I feel is the same energy you feel in to the clubbing scene that I used to go out in in my 20s. And they've all shifted now to lights, spiritual, let's all do mushrooms, but they've all got the same trauma they haven't processed. And they're all, yeah. and, and it's sad because I almost like, I thought I feel it's sad because you don't need to go to that level of escape. It depends what your intention is because like when I first did it, I didn't go for a recreational point of view. I wanted to find out some stuff and it, I was, <laughs> I've got big control issues, me. Mm. Comes from my dad, whatever, mm. right? 
Um, and, and I laid down and I went, right, okay, Tim, this is how it's going to work, okay? You're going to come up a little bit, yeah, the tune's going to be nice, you're going to feel that vibration, you're going to fucking love it. And it just went, whack, that's not happening. And I went, oh my fucking God. And it showed me stuff that I'd forgotten about. Mm. I remember smoking weed when I was about 18, 19 and having a panic attack that I'd totally forgotten about. And it mm. presented itself to me. Mm. And my breathing went off and off. I thought, oh my God, I'm going to have a panic attack. I'm a panic. And he got closer. I'm like, oh my God, I'm going to, I need someone, I need to, I wanted to put my hand up and get off. And it came that close. And I just faced it. And it just went, poof. And this thing came over me. And we was like, oh my God, I was like released this trauma that I didn't even know I had that mm. I was holding on to. That's why I do mushrooms mm. for that. Yeah, and I I can totally understand that. And for the mm. same thing, my out you know looking at it would be like when they, when you're ready to release that, and obviously you was you set the intention, and that came up. Mm. But you could do it naturally as well. By and Pot- my method, potential, yeah. My method. Is I just to don't love like, the I fuck out of it, right? Right sound. You know, so but I didn't know that. I didn't know I had that trauma. No, which is very interesting. That and again, but I think again when we come back to this digging around for trauma I think everyone's got certain things that's happened and when they're ready to be processed they would come up and the only thing with doing things like I don't know mushrooms and things like that is listen I was very careful who chosen to do it Mm. and the healer that I got she's amazing we're great friends now and she holds a very very sacred ceremony and it is done beautifully that you feel so safe Mm -hmm. Um, and it, it's helped me massively. It's helped me massively. I've been shown things. People have come to tell me, like, you've got a guide, right? Yeah, they come no, to told yeah. you something. Mine came to me to tell me stuff, and I was that scared that I sent them away. I said, I'm not ready yet. Oh. It was yeah. beautiful, mm-hmm. but I was scared, and I'm like, yeah. I'm not ready. And I open my eyes and I shut my eyes and mm. I'm like, no, I'm too scared to open my eyes. And <laughs> I'm just going through this beautiful thing. And that's what, that's what it, it feels so spiritual. It feels so beautiful that I'm just like, that's what it is for me. I think I tell you, I understand. I mean, for me, that connection's always been there. I'm not recommending mushrooms or condoning <laughs> it just to say I don't sell as good. For me, that connection's always been there. And I think that, you know, I think that's, it's beautiful to connect to that. And you can do it the natural way by sitting in silence and, you know, connecting more and more to that. Yeah. And do it yourself. But um, do you not feel that you've just got a gift, though? You, you, that you're a healer in your own right? That you are a shaman in your own right? You've not even tapped into that side of you? That for you to go to a place of light without anything is that you've already got a gift? I, th- I think everyone has. Mm. And the difference with me is I was introduced to it all very young. And I think that because of that, I'm able to help others now. Yeah. With mushrooms and DMT and all the rest of it, I understand that it helps people connect to that part of them. Yeah. But sometimes it might happen a lot quicker than someone's ready to, like you're saying. I agree with that as well. I agree and, with that. And you're saying, like, Marina, I'm not 100%, I wasn't ready for that. And, yeah. But there's, and what's beautiful is that you know that you can access it whenever you want. And you found somebody that was, like, safe and enabling you to do that. Yeah. But the, I would say, with the whole mushroom thing, it wouldn't be ethical to do any work with anyone unless they'd been coached for at least like a, maybe six months, maybe to a year before. Agreed, agreed. 
like again around trauma intentions yeah, and yeah, after yeah. yeah so people go away and then do these things yeah. thinking it's just going to solve something and look it depends on your intention if you have this true this isn't it this is really like yeah it's because it's intention as I've well, got a bit like, of trauma i think hey what's can sort it out for me oh i've got my mates does a retreat and what's it all right i'll get a gun that'll and sort it out me like nope if it's not facilitated and you're not got looked after afterwards this is the thing it's about looking after and I know people that have been stuck in this world right Yeah. and they're so some of them are so clever and I, I met this guy and he was a real clever guy went to Cambridge and he was just so into this mushrooms and it's sad mm. because for me I suppose it's I've always been very connected but and I was just I just looking at it thinking it's just it just feels like more and more trauma and nothing's getting solved mm. um and it is addic- addiction. Then it's another addiction yeah. of escaping reality yeah. to go into a different reality, like alcohol, to then try and get answers where you can just sit and get answers yourself and you can make meaning out of anything. And if you really want to transmute anything, then okay, if you are anxious, then love the fuck up the anxiety. Like sometimes I would get anxious in certain situations. I'm like, Marina, what's the gift in that? Oh, yeah. It makes me realise that that person's not right, or that person's that something's off with their energy. Oh, that's a superpower! I love the fuck out that part of me that's sometimes shy. <laughs> then it changes. Then I'm not like rejecting parts of myself, like understanding it, having that type of logical formula in the here and now. It really is that simple. I don't think we do need to go and do these extreme things. Mm. Personally. I think that you can just go, okay, I need to love all these different parts of myself, but really love them. That's the only way we heal. Love the fuck out of everything. Love the fuck out. You know, I've done it with so many different people. Like, you know, they, I, there was just like a girl on holiday and she was like, Marina, I'm so scared of flying. I'm like, that's amazing. Like, you know, like, I, I literally went through the process of loving the fuck out of it. And then she's like, I went on the plane, I wasn't scared no more. And I was like, okay. Because it's, that making that part of ourselves wrong. We make it wrong. And we we beat it up, we reject it, we, we're horrible to these different parts of ourselves. And until we acknowledge them, until we really love them and see them, nothing changes. Because they're all our superpowers. Anxiety, all these different things, they're all superpowers. And when we can see it as a superpower, it changes. When we really love it, it changes. All of it. Instead of looking for ways to escape and disconnect and make it wrong and... When I was in my 20s, right, I was just lost a little bit. I'm just basically just sleeping around, just empty. Yeah. I want to, can I call it sex? I'm just basically just fucking about. Mm. I'm just fucking things. And I'm just like... Yeah. Let, let me t- talk to you about that. Yeah, well, I was right. shocked you coming out with that. Yeah, like, no, no. <laughs> right in the deep end. And, and what's yeah. the... The difference between fucking and making love. Mm, that's right. in my book, isn't it? Yeah, what, what's the difference with that? Because when, when I read it, I was thinking about it and I'm literally thinking to myself, that, that's what I'm doing. I'm just having sex for stories, telling yeah. people that they have that and trying to fill something with yeah. inside of me, but I just feel empty. I remember yeah. when I stopped it, I remember the exact moment when I stopped that pattern, mm-hmm. when I stopped it, but just talk to me about what is the difference between fucking and making love. 
Yeah, I suppose the reason why I bring this up is because it's in my book. It's one of my theories. Yeah. And the reason why I bring it in as like a theory is because it helps men. And not because I'm an expert in any of this, because I'm not, I haven't, I'm not a sex expert, I haven't studied any of this stuff. It's just a theory that I've noticed is the way people make love is the way they live their life. So the way you do something is the way you do everything. So if you're, if you're disconnecting, you're disconnecting in every area of your life. So I would say like, fucking is more when it's just a process as in you're not really consciously aware of what you're doing you're basically just looking for the climax aren't you yeah like it's like basically the, that's, <laughs> the, that's the, the end thing you're just it's, looking it's like the end i mean how would i define fucking it's there's no emotion is there there's no heart in it it's just like i want to just fucking yeah just i want to fucking come <laughs> whereas making love is like there's no agenda and also with the, the fucking element it's like there's an agenda it's like it comes from ego it's like, I am in ego right now and I want to prove something. I want to be the best lover. Yeah. I want to... You're, they're not even really considering the person that's in front of them. It's just all ego. Yeah. As in, whatever that ego looks like to that individual. And that could look like different things. But they're not able to drop into themselves. And again, there's lots of trauma. When I spoke to men around size, performance, where women have shamed men. Lots of women have shamed men like on all these things. So they're not even able to drop into the moment because they're so conscious and they're so scared. Like, oh shit, I'm going to have to like make her come and do this. And, then, and I have to then be this best lover that I've seen in fucking porn or whatever they've watched, wherever they've learned what sex is. And then they're not actually enjoying the moment. And it's an agenda. And it's a forced agenda. And then you can feel that. It doesn't Because there's certain books on this. I've talked to guys and they're like, oh, I've read this book. You know, I know now what a woman wants. And now I'm going to please her first. And then that's what a woman wants. And I'm like, oh, honestly, I need to write back on this. Because they've got it all wrong. Because that's still felt. It doesn't matter how many times. You, you come, then you come again, you come again, you come again. Well, then what? Then what? Okay. Fine. Thanks. <laughs> but that's not intimacy. Yeah. That's being done to. That's having somebody with an agenda of, I want to force something. I want to do something that's being done to. It's all ego driven. It doesn't matter how good the sex is. Like you will feel that energy and that energy is not nice. That's not nice energy either. Even from the opposite end of being really selfish, it's the same energy. It just swung the other way. And that's what a lot of men do. They're like, oh, this is not happening. Me being selfish is not working, so I'm gonna swing the opposite way. Yeah. And then you're just like, it's the same energy. You're not actually dropping into the moment. You're not actually enjoying the process. Like me and you, we're doing this podcast. We're like, we can't plan it. We're in the moment. We're seeing what comes up. I'm working off you, working off of me. That's how it works, that's how it's natural. That's how the same is when you make love. It's exactly the same thing. You're working off the other person, as in what they like. You can feel it, because you can tune into them. When you kiss them certain places, you can see what they like. You can't plan that, because you'll never know. You can't sit there and go, right, I think, I think Tim's gonna like this. <laughs> you wouldn't know, but that's what people try and do. It's like they try and plan things. They plan their whole fucking life. Good luck with that, mate. When people have the tick list, <laughs> it doesn't fucking work. Like it doesn't work with sex. It's the same thing when you. What make is it up. the tick list all about? What's the tick list all about? Why have people got this tick list and how, uh, this is how it should be done? Why are they always kind of control? Yeah. It's like again, it's control. It's um, having a fantasy of the way things should be. You know, you, again, I even speak to men and they're like, oh, the best place to meet somebody is in a supermarket. 
And you're like, what do you mean? They're like, they're, they come up with these little ideas. I think you've probably heard it. Like, oh, the best place to meet a woman is in the supermarket. And they hear these things from guys. And I'm like, is that true? That's not fucking true. Oh, right, okay. Because really, you can make a good story out of anything. But this is the bullshit that's out there. Yeah. Because really, you can make a good story out of anything. You can meet somebody online. You can, it's your intention. It's your intention. If your intention is pure and you've got a good intention, it doesn't matter where you meet someone. People get fixated on the story. You can create a good story out of anything, out of nothing. That's creativity. That's what you need. Yeah. You need someone that's creative and then you'll always be okay. Yeah. You don't need someone that's going to be like, okay, rigid. This is how it should be. Because, well, you will be very disappointed in life and so will they. Because life isn't like that. And you can't get, you can't, you can't put things in a tick list. It doesn't work. No one's perfect. Why do couples come to you then? What are they looking for when they, when they, when they come to you? Couples, relationships. Where's the alchemist come from? The love, love alchemist. Where did you come from? <laughs> Because it, it's that whole thing of transmuting everything to love, you know, and that's, and, and then I've... It's nice, I like it. Yeah, because like, if you do just, whatever it happens, turn it into love, you'll always be okay. It's like, I can go through any situation and go through love and forgiveness, and it sounds a bit woo-woo, <laughs> but through that, it sets you free. And it's scientifically proven as well. We've got like brain cells in our heart. So we're going to release beautiful chemicals in our body. We're going to have less illness. It's just the way forward. And it's very simple. It doesn't have to be complicated. Yeah, people do complicate it, don't they? They do complicate it. I mean, look, listen, if you've got a lot of stress and things have happened, you can't just bottle it up. It's not going to go away. Yeah. You need to get it out. It needs to be, you, need, you need to hear. So if you've got an issue with your partner, that needs to be witnessed. It needs to be heard. It needs to, you need to feel like, okay, for this to go, you can't just bury it. You need to process it. And that person might just need to sit there and contain it and be like, I'm just going to take this because it isn't about me. And the problem is, a lots of people make things about them. Rather than just hearing the other person, this is about them. This is about their life. This is about their trauma. This is their perspective. I don't want you to agree with me 100% of the time. Life would be fucking boring. But if you could hear me and understand where I came from and I could hear you, and we could both respect one another then that's the goal. You don't want people to be the same as one another and to like have this codependent relationship. You want them to respect one another and understand where their life has brought them to this place and respect one another, not change one another. That's cool. I think that's true. Because obviously the attraction goes. It just feels right now. Yeah, it just feels really good. Well, the attraction goes, doesn't it? If somebody just wants to do everything I do and agrees with everything I agree with then yeah. I'm not going to stay attracted to them am I there's an, an element of you know staying true to who you are and knowing who you are that's really attractive and that's so important that's what I encourage you know more than anything that's where true attraction comes from people that really know who themselves which I think these days people struggle with that because like, who does that person want me to be you ask them a question, they're too scared to even answer it because they're like, oh shit, what does that person want me to say? And it's like, oh fuck, they don't know who they are. That's why it's a good dating question I put it in my book to ask someone, like, how do you make love? <laughs> on the first date? <laughs> yeah. Come on, Marina. Oh yeah. You can't drop that in on a first date. Why not? First phone call. It tells you everything you need to know. <laughs> 
tells you everything you need. If somebody turns around and goes, mm, I just want to do what other person makes the other person feel good, or I'm, like, I'm fucking not seeing them. I don't know who they are. I don't know what they're like. At least you get an honest answer. Yeah, I understand that. Maybe, <laughs> maybe the third date, not the first no, one. No, waste time. Three dates. Like, at least, you're, <laughs> at least you know, you know, what you're dealing with. I understand it, but not on the first date. I'm just like, fucking hell, fire. I'm like, see you later, sweetheart. What a fucking, was a weird motherfucker. Not answering that. But um, it just goes to show, doesn't it? I think that them types of questions... I understand them. I love the vulnerability. I love the what's it and stuff. I just think there's a maybe a time. Maybe it's third date. I think it'd be cool. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so you got oh, I quite like this person. Diddle did it. Then the third like. No. Don't maybe I'm just stuck in my own head with that. Yeah. What is maybe it, about it does. That? I don't know. What makes you feel uncomfortable answering that question? I'm all right with answering the question, but I just I feel like it on the first date, somebody asking you that. On the first thing, it's like asking, do you want kids? On the first question, mm-hmm. that I'd just be like... But it's just like, isn't it like how you eat your breakfast? weird. It's sex. It's like, isn't it the same as the saying like, do you like bacon or eggs? No. I mean, isn't it the same? What's the difference? I don't know. I've never really thought about this question before. Um... I'd have to mull it over a little bit more. I don't think it's a, like a quick answer that, but if somebody asked me that, I'd, I'd, I'd literally hang up the phone and just be like, I'm, it's got none of your business right now. I don't know who the fuck you are. Shouldn't we be building like a bit of a relationship up first to see if I like before even ask that question? Mm. Yeah, so it's like a kind of an intimacy thing, you know? You feel like someone's really looking into you by asking you that. On the first date, you'd ask somebody out on the first date. I would ask someone that. Fuck that, Marina. Yeah, no yeah, yeah. Way. I mean, I wouldn't get on a first date with someone unless I'd spoke to them, video called them. Well, that's what I'm talking about. Um, like, you've built up a little <laughs> bit of summit first yeah, and then would. drop but, it. But at the same time, my next podcast would be that. But how do you, the way you make love is the way you live your life. And I will start the podcast with, how do you make love when I interview someone initially? Because I think it's just, again, there is this taboo around talking about sex. Yeah, it's a taboo. And there's no fucking shame. No, no, I'm all right with talking. No, no, no. <laughs> it's just on the first fucking date. Just, or somebody asking me on the first date. I'm all right, cool talking about it. Let but me ask you. There is me... that, no, no, no. Come on, Tim, I'm going somewhere now. How do you make love? Really <laughs> but I think it's great because I've learned so much. And I think these um, days, these days, people come out of all sorts. Some guys are like, oh, I'm into swinging or I'm into this. I'm like, great, that's not for me. Right, well, let me, let me tell you about, I'm sorry know. about it, Charlotte, right, but... When I, when I watch porn, right, yeah. um, I don't like aggressive stuff like that. I like um, things with a bit of a storyline or it's it's softer. And I think that's how I like to make love me, that it is quite intimate. I think because I've done so much in my 20s and just I know what emptiness feels like, that when I am with somebody, I love, I love connection, mm-hmm. right? And that when I make love, I love that connection. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no one's ever asked me before. Yeah. So maybe that's why the taboo thing is, but like when, when I am... Um... Yeah, yeah. Because again, I think, you know, looking at things like that and talking about these things, it's like, okay, Marina, what I found around what you're saying to me is watching them types of things doesn't turn me on. What turns me on is a connection with someone. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. 
like actual like connecting like for me I, I like an emotional connection and I need intelligence but it's not what everybody wants though I don't think so different people are into different stuff right so we talk to people and they're like okay like I'll never be happy with just one partner and I think open these discussions up creates a lot more understanding because some people especially these days there's all different types of relationships out there mm. and knowing like okay I was happy with one person for like nearly 13 years and that's not going to be for me at least you can have that conversation quite early on with someone and they could go look look my longest relationships are you I like date having multiple women in my life you're like okay cool like I respect the honesty people have been so honest but I love that yeah, because I, you, I don't want to change someone and I respect that at least at least with these types of different types of relationships that are out there people can find people that are similar and I think some people want to go deep with one person and keep going deeper and deeper with one person. Some people don't. Um, and that's up to them. It's not for me to judge that. It's for me to understand, is that because they can't go deep with themselves? Maybe. And I talk about that in my book. Because if it's scary to sit with yourself and to sit with your problems and sit with your emotions, maybe it's easier to get the next woman, the next thing, the next car, the next, you know... And then they go to the next extreme, whatever that is, with watching all these different things in the media. So it's understanding that. It's a good question. It's making me really think. Yeah. Even though it's like, why have you not talked about this before, Tim? I'm like, I don't know if anybody's asked me that question before. It's not something that you talk about. I think it's something everyone should talk about. Yeah, but they don't. Because it's, there's no shame, don't. even like in business. It's okay to find people sexually attractive. Like, I put it in my book. It's okay. It's okay, like, if you're in a relationship with someone, you find someone else sexually attractive. It's fucking normal. We're not finding people sexually attractive. You lose your creativity. It's your creativity. It's what you do with it. And the problem is, if we don't talk about these things, it creates shame. And then there's shame around these things. And then what do you do with shame? It stays in the darkness. It stays in the shadow. And then there's all this weird dark stuff going on with it. And actually making love is beautiful and it's natural and it's normal and being attracted to people is normal. Like we should talk about these things more. It shouldn't there shouldn't be shame around it. But there is. Which I think is sad. It is sad. But for men, men will come to me and they go like, Oh, and be able to talk about all this stuff and they've never been able to talk about it and I think it's such an honour. Because they just want to. They're like, oh my God, like, I can't get hard on or something. And I'm like, that's amazing. <laughs> What's good about that? And they're like, what the fuck? <laughs> but I'm like, love the fuck out of it. And they're like, well, I didn't, don't jump straight into that. But that's where we end up. And they're like, oh, so your body's keeping you safe. So the right person will be able to sit with you and just love you for you. And, you know, and you'll be able to connect on different levels. And then you, and, oh, and until they get to that stage, and they're like, do you know what? I actually feel okay now. No one's ever looked at it like that. Yeah, there's nothing wrong. And that's why I think male suicide is up so high, like 200%. So where do people go with these types of questions? Where do they go? Where do they go? And then there's like porn and all the rest of it, which I don't watch. (laughs) But it's like, that's not realistic. That's a show. That's an act. That's not actually being in the moment with someone, is it? It's a stage. It's an act. Yeah. So that's not real life. So then people, people are not really able to connect with others or talk to others and have real conversations. It's sad. 
What do you do? What do you love doing the most out of everything that you do? Do you love the couples work? Do you love working with men? I don't know. I love it all. I feel like I love, love people. The, I just do. love people. Yeah, yeah. I absolutely love people. And understanding people and just being around people. I always have done. And how do people get in touch with you? What do they what do? They do? Just like DM you? How, you? how do you get your work? Is it like word of mouth? LinkedIn, word of mouth. I'm not actually coaching anyone right now. I'm What's the reason for that? Just because I want to see my book and then my podcast and then maybe turn that into a TV it's show. It's going to be good, that book, you know. Thank you. Yeah, and I don't read much, but like, I, I, you know, it really connected with me. I was like, oh. I liked it, really liked it. Well, it's just question. You've got a really nice way of like phrasing things and stuff like that. It's really raw and honest. Well, this is why I put myself into it as well, my honest stuff. The problem you've got is that, I'm just going to tell you because, you know, <laughs> um, I think you get judged a little bit from the outside until somebody gets to know you. Because from your Instagram and stuff like that, yeah. you're looking a little bit more like a model and an actress, not the being that sat before me talking about in the depths. I think I've always had that. And yeah. I take that as a positive because... You'd love that. Because I just think, look, people are always going to judge. Yeah. Let them judge. And that's about where they are at their stage in their life. Yeah. Not where I'm at. And I like being a full human being. Obviously, I act as well. I love acting. And um, I love a picture. <laughs> like, and I'm just like, fuck it. Like, I'm not putting myself in a box. And in business, when I was very successful in business, I had the same problem. It was like, oh, you know. But I'm like, no. Hmm. Because this is the hiding in the shadows element is where everything happens. It's not that. I'm not, I'm not really asked when you can do whatever the fuck you want. But I, I look at it from the outside and, and I feel that sometimes it may be a little bit too intimidating for men who really need you. Mm. And that's thinking that I need, we need to potentially, I don't know why I'm saying this, you need to just show them all the softer side of you. Mm. And like, the, you know, the person that I'm talking to now will really connect with more men. It's about getting to more men. Yeah. You, 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 you know, to most people, it looks quite intimidating, dude. And men will be like, I'm not talking to her, but they're the ones that really need it because they're fit. They're feeling like. Oh that. my god, I have so many guys like even just on Instagram messaging me and telling me stuff. So I think it depends, really. I suppose on social media. Listen, this is just my perspective. <laughs> yeah, of course, of course. It's usually right, <laughs> but of course, look, listen. You know, people can say like, tone it down, play it down, you know, or whatever from their own perspective. And as you said, when you meet somebody and have that human connection. Everything's always different anyway. Yeah. You know, energy doesn't lie. They're done, aren't they? Once they've met you and you started talking, they're done, aren't they? They're just like, yeah, I'm in the right place. They could, <laughs> people feel really... I think it's energy, isn't it? And yeah. I just think... Once they feel that energy from you. I think, look, listen, I think people are always going to... Whatever you do in life, people are always going to judge. Yeah. And, yeah, you just got to be true to you. I could be um, professionally, try and be like, okay, now I'm gonna act in this role. I'm gonna act like the fucking relationship coach. All of my material is gonna be like that. I'm gonna be on agenda. I, but I'm not, because I'm like, that's what I do, I'm trying to get people not to do. Just be your fucking self. Don't act in a role. Oh, now I'm gonna act like the wife. Or now I'm gonna do this. And like people take on these roles and they act this role. Just be you. 
whatever you is, if you're a bit of an idiot sometimes, if you like doing this and having a dance, just do what makes you happy and just be yourself. And that's how I start the book. It's like, do you actually know who you fucking are when you're playing like, you know, you're the lad in the pub and you're the husband at home and you're playing all these different roles. Do you actually know who you are? And when you know who you are, it's that cool. And like, you know, that's why I can take what you're saying and go, okay, that's amazing. I totally respect that. And it's a great perspective, but that's just who I am. I'm not going to change. That's possibly the best way that someone told me to shut the fuck up. <laughs> right? I am totally cool with that. That was amazing. But no, I mean, I just think. No, it's amazing, great. Marina. It's so good, that. That is so fucking good. No, just, just like, <laughs> okay, fine. Because I think it's like, again, people want to put somebody in a box. It's like, yeah. who is in front of me? I want to box you. Is this the wife? Is this the girlfriend? Is this um, a, a guru? Oh, no, she's not wearing a turban on her head. She can't be a guru. No, fuck off. Just, don't put me in a box. I'm just Marina. I'm just it all. If you don't like it, if you can't be with it and you're really finding it hard to box me, then I'm not for you. And that's okay. That is okay. You're not for everyone. That's the story of my life, huh? <laughs> But I think when you can be real and authentic and honest and just own it all then you encourage other people to do the, do that exactly the same thing, you know? That's what I'm trying to do. Just be yourself. Yeah. Don't try and be a character for someone else. What does that person want me to be? I need to be that. Have you, you ever been like that? You ever been a character yeah. for somebody else? Um, have I? Yeah. Like, I was in sales for years. So I was top salesperson from the age of, like, 15, 16. So I suppose, in a way, I, I did. Like, and I was, had to go into roles. So I remember wanting to be a businesswoman when I was young and actually getting dressed up as a businesswoman and going to the pub to get my first drink <laughs> but I, I did role play it out and but then it was like in this corporate environment it was like you have to dress like a businesswoman you have to be like this and I suppose we take on different characters and they all become part of us but then who are you really you know you're just you which is a soul. <laughs> oh, I was told in my mush, last mushroom experience that I'm nobody and nothing. Yeah, that's, that's true. In order for me to be everything. Yeah. And I was like, I don't like that. Do you not? I do, I understand it, but I've built this character, this identity you've seen before you for so long mm. that I'm so scared of letting go of it. But I need to. For, for in order for me to move on to my next level next level I don't know what I mean I, I was lied there mm. Marina on my back and I was open and shut and these people were coming down mm. to take me mm. and I'm I'm telling myself let it go Tim let it go let it go and one of them said Tim stop saying let it go and let go Aww. and I had to open my eyes I thought fuck me I can't I can't handle it and at the end of it, the experience, I was in the fetal position, mm. just stripped of my manhood. Just literally so vulnerable in moments. There's people laughing at the back. I'm thinking they're laughing at me. Mm. And it was such a moment for me to kind of go, look, I'm just nothing, man. Mm. And But I've got to be all right with that. And I'm not all right with that yet. But I'm really excited to be all right with that. You can choose whenever you yeah, want. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's beautiful. You know, like, what a beautiful... But I'm excited the fact that you can do it on your own as well. But, you, like, what you're telling me, right, is, like, 
we come into someone like it's almost like a baby, right? So there was a healing around being like a baby for whatever yeah. reason, right? Yeah. And that needed to be healed. Yeah. Like the fetal, the baby, baby position, like the child, that yeah. nurturing, that all needed that healing, right? Yeah. And there's the element is like that's how we come into the world and that's how we go out of the world, and we are everything and we are nothing like all at once. I love that. But I love that. It's one of my favorite quotes of all times. That. But it's like it's all fucking bullshit anyway. Yeah. It's like, it is all fucking bullshit. Like, we are a soul. We are all souls. We are all connected. And everything else is a fucking act anyway. <laughs> so, it's all the characters we play. And when we come into this world, we're little, child, we're little children, aren't we? We're just curious. We just want to know about each other. We just want to love. And that's the goal, is to go back like that. Mm. And all the rest is just fucking bullshit and knowing that it's perfect right so right now the way to get to that stage that you want to get to is going it's fucking perfect I am perfect it's fucking perfect it's fucking perfect I'm perfect right now that second I didn't want to let go because I'm quite happy keeping that identity right now and I didn't want to and that's fucking perfect it wasn't time it wasn't the right place it wasn't the right people when I'm ready I'll let go when I'm with the right people I'll let go that wasn't the right time it's perfect it's perfect don't make yourself wrong like making yourself wrong or judging any of it fucks everything up. When we can just go like, I'm really perfect, it's perfect. This is what I've needed up until now. And really love the fuck out of it. And love the fuck out of yourself. Then, then you let go. <laughs> and you can do that anytime you want. You don't have to go and do another experience to do that. You can do it right now. Just with the perspective shift. Just with the choice. That's it. It's that simple. By loving it, loving who you are, loving everything that's led you up until now. Because it's perfect. It's perfect that you didn't want to let go then. Of course it is. Why would it not be perfect? Mm. I beat myself up about it. You're beating it. It's like, yeah. It's like the inner critic's coming in. It's telling you off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, oh no. Oh, yeah. You wasn't ready to let go oh, then. Yeah, oh, you shouldn't yeah. have done this then. And, that yeah, then. Yeah, and that's yeah, how they yeah. keep you. That's how you get more money out of you. That's how you get more money out of the next session. That's how they keep you in therapy. That's how you keep doing mushrooms. To be honest, I was telling that myself. I would like really beat myself up because I wouldn't let go. And I said, I, I, oh, I failed. I liked him. You didn't let go. Then you really let yourself down. Fucking hell. Like everyone else has let themselves go. And you couldn't let yourself go because you're always in control. Yeah. And that's almost like the ego talk. Yeah. All of that. Bullshit. Fucking bullshit. Fucking It's all bullshit. fucking perfect. When it's having that inner wisdom within you to go, do you know what? Yeah. It's perfect. I'm perfect. Everything's perfect. It's all. It's exactly how it should be. And I'm wise. And I, I've got this. You are in control. You can change anytime you want to change. You don't need these people. If you choose these people, if you choose anyone to come with you on your journey, it's all you anyway. It's just where you feel safe to heal. It's where you feel safe to grow. It's with people you feel safe with. But it's all you anyway. They're just people that just come in, if you choose them to come in or not. But it's all you, and you can do it in your own time frame. Yeah, that's what I'm doing at the minute. That's what I'm doing at the minute. Yeah, you're doing it right now. I'm doing it right now, You've talking it. to you. <laughs> it's done. It's like, almost like it's done. So at that moment, you can just picture it in your head, it's done. Done. Because where are you going to anyway? Where are you going to with the letting go? What's going to happen when you've let go? I've been telling people I'm perfect for years. I'm just like... <laughs> but you made wrong for that. Yeah, yeah. You're made wrong for that, aren't you? Yeah. No, you're too much ego. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
yeah, you're made wrong. So then you have to find something, oh, now um, people have made me wrong for that. So there's something wrong with me. So now I need to go and look for something to fix. But isn't that ego? Motherfuckers. Isn't that ego itself? Yeah. Motherfuckers. <laughs> I can't believe it. But it is, it's though. beautiful, that. Because everything's beautiful and everyone's beautiful and everyone is perfect. Yeah. It's just a big illusion that we're trying to control to even change any of that. Rather than just loving it. And then yeah. when you love it, all it will change it anyway. Let me talk, let me give you a few scenarios of what's going on at the minute, okay? So, <laughs> I was at the gym, right? And there's, there's this lad there, Asian lad, right? Doesn't matter what nationality is. But um, when I seen him in the, in, the, um, in the changing room, he's lost a lot of weight and still got like sort of skin flaps and stuff like that. And every time he's in the gym, right? He, he does a set and then he goes over to the mirror and checks himself out. He does a set and checks it. He's really unhealthy and I can see it. But I feel like I want to go and say something to him to say, well, mate, don't do this to yourself. But in this moment, I'm spending like 45 minutes of my time worrying about this guy, if he's all right. And then I feel like I need to stop doing that, worrying about other people and if they're all right. Do you know what I mean? Do you know what I'm saying? And yeah. I've just wasted 45 minutes of my life worrying about someone else. Because that's the sort of type of person that I am. What would you say to that? I would say to that, maybe what part of yourself is that connected to about you? Um, I feel like I know what it feels like to be like him um, because he's been lost and I feel that he's lonely. I know what it feels like to be lonely. Mm. And I don't want anybody else to feel like that. And to not love yourself as in you yes. go... And beat yourself up. And you look, look at myself in the mirror. Try to like... Try and change the way you look. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I suppose, look, you might not have been able to talk to him there in the moment. And but I've seen him a few times, Marina, and it's like, I'm at like a point where I'm like, what do I do? I'm just, do I need to let this go? Or do I need I to mean, say something me, to With me, with me, the way I live my life is I just say it how it is without attachment. And if I felt the urge to say something to someone, I'd just say it. And I would say, like, this is just my perspective. Please don't take this, you know, wrong, wrong way, anything it's like that. It's trouble that, though, before, Marina. I know, me but then it's about them, right? And then just go in, because otherwise you're carrying it. And the problem is you carry it and you take it away with you. Well, I'm carrying it. And that's a problem. And I would say, like, you know, I just want to tell you, you know, I've gone through certain things myself, and I just think you, you've got an amazing... I mean, even us doing this podcast is helping people with that, because I don't look at a guy with a perfect six-pack and think, oh, my God, you're so attractive. As in, I may, may have when I was young, but then it's it's not about that because I know that that wouldn't keep me. So I need mental connection. I want to know what's going on. Um, I like a bit of fat because I like a little bit of fat on myself now. I'm not beating myself up. Where are times where I'd go through beating myself up and maybe I'd judge someone else like that. Now I don't. Now I'm just like, everyone's beautiful and I've kind of lost my sight a little bit, but it serves me because I'm like, okay, well, everyone, who, what's the energy of the person that's coming towards me? What's their soul like? That's what I want to know. Ooh, yeah. So even having this conversation where, you know, if you tuned in ever, you could ever say, you could just say, just you know what, I've got a podcast, I'd love you to listen to. Simple. Sick. And it would be this one. Yeah, yeah. And the element is, you know, I think... Yeah, when you are doing... watching this, Max, I'm going to talk to you tomorrow, watch this podcast. <laughs> I don't want your name is, but like, <laughs> fucking love yourself, you no, loving motherfucker. No, but you are fucking hot. <laughs> yeah, you are hot. You're fucking perfect. <laughs> Love yourself. Yeah, but you are. 
Because the thing is, nobody is perfect, and even people with that that even are perfect or perfect perfect bodies, there's an element of if they don't smell. Like I can't explain it. It's not even about that. It's just about someone's energy. It's about the way they smell. It's about their their inside. It's it's not really about their outside. And I think we can look after ourselves, and we can want to be the best version of ourselves. But it's not about being obsessed and beating ourselves up. It's about coming from a place of love and going. Do you know what? I'm never going to have a big bum. <laughs> And that's the trend. And it's like loving my body for how it is. And not trying to be like everybody else. Because you are uniquely you. And the matter of the fact is, we are going to grow, we are going to change, we are going to age, we are going to nearly die. Like, shit's going to happen in our lives. And we want to find people that like us for us. Not for the way we look on the outside. Not for what we have. But for the, our souls. Because when you leave someone, all you carry with you is their energy. As in... Did they make me feel okay? Like, did they did they make me like? Yeah, yeah. What was their energy like? Yeah, that's what branding's all about. That. This is it, really. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. But that's what you're left with. Yeah. You're not left. How's it with, make you feel? You're not left with like, oh, they had a nice six pack. Okay, that lasted for two seconds. Yeah. Boring. Mm, that's all right. That's okay, but that's for them. Like, like if a guy says to me, "We've got a Ferrari. You got a Ferrari? Nice. You're gonna teach me how to get my own fucking Ferrari. I don't want you to buy it, but I don't give a shit what you've got." And like guys are like, oh. But I'm not interested. You got you got six foot great. Unless you can tell me how I <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> That's for you. Great. It's not going to impress me. That's you know. I want to know who you are as a person. What you're giving back in this world. Like who are you? What 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 are you trying to create? How are you going to create things out of difficult situations? What are you going to do next? You want to know someone's character. But I think there's so much on that emphasis. I think it's apps, dating apps, and social media doesn't help. All these things don't help. But again, loving it all helps. And loving it all and just really getting to know who you are and loving who you are on the inside also helps. Because none of it's, nothing's going to change. We can't just go around hating everything. You've got to go, right, all of this is here. Different, you know, technology is here. AI's come in. It's great. To stand out, you need to know who you are. You need to love yourself. And you just need to fucking own it. Because that's attractive. That's true attraction. And your energy that you leave people with. Do you make them feel good? <laughs> you a nice person? All these things is what people carry. Sorry, I know unless I said it quite a lot. <laughs> it's good though. It's great. It's just, oh, just um, it's just you just frame it ways that it's kind of, it's really thought-provoking what you say. And I feel like I'm, I'm take, trying to take it all in at the same time. It's yeah. totally different. It feels totally right what you're saying, which is exactly what you're saying about how it feels and what you're saying feels right. It does feel right. Yeah, and it's like, you know, the guy, I'm like, I just want to give him a big cuddle. Like, you know, if I saw a guy like that, I just want him to know. If I just went up to this guy in the gym and cuddled him? I just want him to know. I mean, like, the thing is, we always... I'm not going to cuddle him. No, but I want to, like, as in metaphorically, we can give him a hug. Because there's so many guys like this out there, right? And the reason why this is coming to this conversation now is because we've all probably been at a stage in our life where we didn't love ourselves enough. We've gone through stages where we're, like, beating ourselves up. So why the fuck do we do that? Because society wants us all to look a certain way or be a certain way. Yeah. And then, and then what? So robots come in? And then what? So then we're all disconnected and none of us are having human connection no more? And then what? Then what? 
and then then now no one has sex so everyone should have more sex <laughs> but it's just like you know just getting people to be like comfortable with who they are and just to connect more deeply and have deeper real conversations helps and not shaming anyone for where they're at and loving everyone for where they're at I think there is a point of me thinking if I go up to him that I'm going to shame him into it and I'm very aware of how I can be because I can be very forward and saying things that are kind of what's it that I've got to I'm, I'm scared of hurting his feelings as well don't know where that comes from I'm sure there's a reason maybe because you've had that done to you and it's like there's an element of thinking people are not whole so there's an element of being over responsible and really, if we think that we have to look after and fix everyone and people are not going to be whole, then it's a bit challenging yeah. because it's like, shit, I'm going to be responsible for shit. the outcome of this. But if you're like, no, I'm not attached to this, like letting go of the attachment, because again, my relationship formula is you're always open and honest um, with yourself. Then you're open and honest with someone else and you lose the fucking attachment. It's like, what do I do? Do I stay and go in this relationship? Do I leave my husband or not? I don't fucking know. There's no point telling me. I can't predict what's going to happen next. What you need to do, to be honest with yourself, are you happy? No. Okay. The moment you feel unhappy, have that fucking conversation and lose attachment. He might not be happy that you're not happy and he might fucking leave you. Lose attachment because you can't control it. You will only be able to work off what happens next. It's like, you might throw a question at me on Marina. I think people are going to judge you because of that. You just throw it out there. Like, I just have done. But wicked, I love it. But the thing is, I'm then you work off of how I react, right? Yeah. And I, I'm not offended. I'm just like, oh. But this is it. Like, that's all you can do because you will never know how someone's going to react. But all you can do is, and what, as long as you know you're going to be okay and you're going to be able to handle with whatever comes next, then it's okay. If I knew, like, had that conversation at the time with my ex-husband that I was unhappy, I could have talked to ten people around that first. I didn't. I went straight to the person. Because that's the only, there's no point going to 100 people, go to therapists, go to a coach. No, have the fucking conversation with the person. They would teach you what to do next by how they respond. Now, normal, a normal person would be able to just hear whatever you've got to say. Mm. And know it's not about you. Not everyone can. That's okay. That's not about you either. That's about their stages and their development. If, you're, if what you're saying comes from truth and your heart is pure and it comes from a kind heart, it's always dropping into your heart and going like, right, I'm going to say yeah, this with yeah, my yeah, kindness. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then if they take that wrong, then that's about them. You know, someone could say to me, Marina, you're a bitch. I'm like, okay, great, yep. I can understand, why, I, I've integrated my shadow. I can understand times in my life where I might, I've needed to be more assertive and I can own it. I think when you're at that stage, it's, everything's cool and like I know sometimes it's not about me it's maybe about them what they can't be with or their development yeah so you won't never know what to do you just have to do it and then lose attachment to the outcome because it's how you learn it's how you learn in relationships so often men don't speak their truth because of this exact situation with women with other situations because they're scared how's that person going to react and they tiptoe around a woman or whatever they're going to call me toxic or how's it I'm like then it's really difficult because then you carry that, then you ruminate around and around and around. It stops you from being creative. It stops you from doing your work. It stops you from them being in the present moment. It stops you from living. No, no one should fucking do that. Look, if you say something wrong and upset someone, you will learn quickly how not to say that wrong and how to rephrase it again. 
but you can only learn love through being in relationship with others not sit sit in a dark room and learn to love yourself before you love anyone else bullshit because it's bullshit you learn love and you learn relationships through others and you have to get, have, give it a go. You have to have Talk to me about that, loving yourself first. Talk to me about <laughs> that because like you did your frown. When you did yeah. your frown, you really meant that. Because it annoys me. Because that, you know, so often people say, oh, you know, you can't love anyone else until yeah. you love yourself. And that's shaming in itself. Because, again, we learn through being in relationship with others. Through being in relationship with the wrong people, the right people. It's how we learn. If I sat in a dark room by myself, I'm not going to learn love, am I? And if we have been in relationships with our parents that are not ideal, sometimes people don't even know that, but you only learn from being in relationship with other people how to love, how to be loved. You don't learn it through sitting by yourself. And so many people then just don't live. And it's so sad. Life is to be lived. There's nothing's perfect. You're never going to say the perfect thing. You're never going to do the perfect thing. That's why I say you lose attachment to the outcome. And people show you what to do next. You learn what to do next. That is my formula. It is that simple. And you'll be with people that kind of help you through that process and don't judge you and make you feel safe and understand that what you're doing is coming from a pure heart. And also it's, you're doing it like you're learning, you're progressing, you're not perfect. How are you going to learn to have these conversations if you don't, don't try? You don't have them. <laughs> You're like, okay, that didn't go down well. Well, maybe I need to rephrase it a little bit different. But if sometimes it's about the other person and their development too. Because we can't just always just say that what people want to hear. Again, that's not right. That's not authentic. It's not truth. And lots of men struggle with this. Which I think is sad. Because then they just, you know, run away or... Run away. Bottle it up. Give me their fingers. <laughs> but away. bottle it all up and then it comes out in a different way because they just explode. Yeah, I'm just a runner away at me. I just love to run. Fight, flight or freeze. I'm gone. Flight. Boom. That's the trauma response, isn't it? Yeah. Like, I can't deal with this. I just need to See go. you later. Bye. See ya. Wanna be yeah. ya. But again... I'm never going to talk to you ever again. Just cut you out of my life. Boom. Yeah. And I think, do you know what? I've been there. I wouldn't, wouldn't ever. I don't cut anyone out of my life anymore. I use the analogy of the theatre. Life's like a theatre. And you choose carefully who are on the front row seats of your life, who might be on the stage with you, who might be in the back row seats of your life. And now it's just like, if, I, if I've loved someone and been in a relationship with them, like in any shape or form, I'm always going to love them. I'm always going to have feelings for them. And how I felt about them one stage of my life never dies. Like me living, me dying is all happening at once. It doesn't die. So I can hold on to the good bit. I don't have to hold on to the bad bit. And sometimes it hurts. It's more painful to think about the nice things. But if I take that with me, I feel better. And they might not be in the front row seat, but they might be in a further row seat, but I can send them love. But so often we want to villainise people and make them wrong and cut them out. And actually, it's just hurting ourselves. Because maybe that's a part of you at one time. Maybe they represent the unintegrity in you one day all the shit they've done to you. Maybe that was you one day. Okay, the only way you heal it is by loving it. You might not want to dance with it no more. You might not be a front row seat of your life, but if you love it, and love the times when it was, you know, good, in the friendship or whatever, then you can just send it love, and it's an easier way to deal with life rather than having that dramatic, oh, I'm cutting them out, I'm not yeah. speaking to them. 
it's just tiring, it's draining. If you're focusing on creating different things in your life, it will stop you. My voice just changed then. <laughs> like, it's so true. It will like literally like hold you back. And yeah, I've had that done to me and I wouldn't want to do that to anyone. I think when you go through things and you have it done to you and it really hurts, you're like, well, don't want, I wouldn't ever do that to anyone. At what stage are you on at this with yourself, as in where you've got to going through this process now? Are you just on a sort of daily practice to keep up there? Are you always bettering yourself? Are you always learning? Are you always growing? Because you seem quite at peace with yourself. Yeah. When I talk to you. Yeah. 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 I'm very at peace. Um, I think life is about growth. Yeah. I don't think nobody's perfect. Apart from me, I'm perfect. <laughs> but, but, but we are, right? But we are perfect. Yeah. I mean, it's like we're nothing. Yeah. And we're everything. Right. Bill. So it's like that dance, right? I'm yeah, going, I love that dance. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I like it. And, and, and also owning it and going, okay, I'm owning that. And just enjoying the fuck out of it. Just, I want to enjoy life more. Just enjoy it as well and have more fun and have what more does connection. that mean to you enjoying like it what what's what more enjoyment i suppose because i went through my divorce yeah and then i had a very probably like time when i haven't been around many people being quiet i'm very extrovert very out there but then i've had much more of an introvert time where i've been by myself so much which has been lovely but i've i'm done now now i need to be out there like i want to be like are you an extrovert? Is that, are you a, a natural extrovert? Uh, again, I, I hate all these things, to be fair. Personality profiling, I think it's a load of bullshit. I also think, you know, I think we adapt. Yeah. So I think humans need people and connection. It's fucking bullshit that we don't. Everyone does. That's why in COVID when they were saying that like, you shouldn't have connections, ridiculous. We, as human beings, it's a basic need. Yeah. I think... I mean, if you're going to call yourself something, you've got an ambivert, which is a bit of both. But I think every, if you're in balance as a person, you're going to need times when you're alone to reflect and recharge, and you're going to need yeah. times when you need people. Anyone yeah. that identifies more with one than the other, you know, would question, are they in balance? Because the idea is to be in balance. So always look for the balance. <laughs> I'm always looking for the balance. And as well, times in your life, you might need more different things. That's okay. But to identify with one thing, this is why this personality profile, I don't agree with, I don't agree with lots of it. Yeah. Because I just think, again, it's putting somebody in a box, which trying to find a box for someone. It's trying to, you know, where people change, even the love languages. Again, I'm just like... What do you mean love languages? There's like, in relationships, they, John Gottman talks about the love languages. So people have different love languages, whether that's um, affirmations, um, gifts physical touch there's different love languages and again like in the data mob people get fixated on like oh i've done my research and this person's love language is this no just communicate because things might change people change sit and communicate and say like hey you know what are you celebrating today like have conversations what do you want what do you need what makes you happy like the idea is just to have more connection and deep conversations not to box people and trying to get them into a box, get them into a tick box. This is this person, they're an introvert, they're that, oh, now box them, great way I don't have to do my work no more. Know who they are, suss them out. No, people are always evolving, they're always changing. Knowing that and going with them on that, respecting that, 
loving that and making time for that is the only way we have great relationships. It's as simple as that. And quite frankly, you can't put people in boxes because we're not machines. And you don't want them to be machines, do you? That'd be boring. So Fucking blow my mind. <laughs> but it just because be lots of this I've studied so much and obviously being in the court. Yeah, I know, but it's, it's totally different. I think it's, it just annoys me as well because even being in the corporate world and doing corporate coaching and coaching different people, it, like, it frustrates me because I'm like, it's all fucking bullshit. People want to give somebody an emotional intelligence score and they want to give them like, even a performance review. What a load of fucking bullshit. bullshit. It's like, just have a conversation with them every week. That doesn't motivate people. And I just, again, people want to play characters and roles. They do want to play characters and roles. Yeah. Rather than just having human interaction and having general, like what's going on with you in your life. If you're sitting there and think about the guy in the gym, you're not going to be able to do your work, are you? So it's like, get it off your chest. <laughs> Chat about it. Move on. I'm going to do it tomorrow. Yeah. I'm going to send it to the podcast. I say, here's my podcast. And just want, you know, like, if everyone knew that they were perfect. Yeah, I'm going to tell you that. I've talked about you on this podcast. Yeah. That's how I'm going to deliver it. Yeah. Right, and I want you to watch it. <laughs> yeah. And that you're enough. And you're gorgeous just the way you are. And funny enough, once you feel like that, everything changes anyway. Shall I start off with your perfect? I'm going to start off with your perfect. And I've talked about you on my podcast. Yeah, and lovely. I'd love you, I'd love you to listen to it. How lovely. What a lovely thing to receive. Done. But I'm not coming on to you just so you know. <laughs> no, I don't need that. It is what it is. If he wants that. But you can that. make a joke out of it. Yeah, we can. No, I would make a joke out of it. <laughs> and we can make love. Can't we in the changing rooms? Yeah, I'll read his connection. He'll read mine. What a... I'll treat him fine. I'll treat you fine. <laughs> this is it. I think it's just making a joke out of it, isn't it? I think if you can put a bit of humour into anything and just say it from your heart, then how can anyone? Yeah, I think people take things too seriously. Everyone takes everything. To, this is why in my book I bring sex in and all sorts yeah, yeah, in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it's like... Yeah, you kind of like just... It, it, it the fun. taboos have gone and you're just kind of talking about everything. like, And it, it makes me all right talking about it. And it should be fun. You can laugh and you can cry. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. It doesn't have to be serious. Oh, now we're going to go to the serious deep. Oh, I never cry. You can't Ooh. get out of it. Yeah, you can cry and laugh at the same time. Like, you can get out. We can make a joke out of it. Yeah. You don't have to get stuck in an emotion. And that's where people end up getting scared to go there. And shame. And shame. And don't like the word shame. Don't like the word shame. <laughs> you don't like it? No. No. Oh, it's okay. I don't deal with it. I'm just. This is why I bring everything into the awareness to yeah. help people not yeah. feel ashamed yeah. about any of it. Yeah, it's a big thing that, isn't it? A lot of people feel thing. ashamed if they don't want to talk about it, and that's yeah, they do because it's how we're brought up. Sometimes it's how we're conditioned. It's yeah. how you know you can't talk about certain things. You can't do this. You can't do that. And it's just bullshit. It's fucking bullshit. Bullshit. It's just horrible. It just again, it keeps people down and not being able to be creative yeah. and expressive and be who they really are. Yeah. Look, do you know what? If I say something wrong, I will learn. And I, you know, sorry that you know, even when you coach someone, you go like, I might say something that's not right. Please tell me. So then you learn by these interactions that oh, that person's human too. They might say something that's wrong. Tell them and just have these honest conversations. Yeah. Because it's not about having people repress their voices and repress who they are. 
in fear they're going to offend people. That's sad. That's sad. I think that's sad. I'm right, that. That's sad. When you actually voiced it out and I can hear myself because I feel like you just talked about me a little bit. I'm just like, oh, I can feel it there. I'm like, I'm not doing that anymore. Don't do it. I'm not going to, Marina. You just fucking just give me the permission not to. <laughs> you know why? Because I'm fucking perfect. You are right? fucking perfect. Motherfuckers. You are perfect. Um, if somebody wants to book on with you, right, or they want a coaching session from you, they want to book in for a corporate, or where can they find you? What's the best place to do? Um, okay, just to let you know, Marina's got one shot that I don't like, and she's got her hands on her temples. Like, don't let that put you off, okay? Apart from that, she's <laughs> perfect. Say that to the publisher, the person that's helping me, and no, they were like, because you're thinking. No, 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 no. <laughs> that was the only one I hated. I was just like, no. Do not let that shot put you off. She's she's perfect, okay? Apart from that shot. <laughs> That's hilarious, because I did say I'm not sure about that picture. Yeah, don't feel right. Go on. <laughs> I think I can help you. <laughs> Too relaxed. No. But the reason why I put the pictures in is on purpose as well. The reason why I put the pictures in is because... God, I feel like you're, yeah, you've because, got... Again, tell me why. It's around being in the moment. So yeah. we hear the power of the now being in the moment. But you also need fantasy. You always, you know, like, I've got no problem of having been, <laughs> being somebody's fantasy and having to, and I, I've needed fantasies in my life. There is a lot of bullshit around being in the now, being in the now. Great. What about times in your life where you need a fucking fantasy or you need a vision? If I didn't have a vision and a fantasy in times in my life, I would not have got through. So if somebody looks at my picture on Instagram and I'm their fucking fantasy... Go on, girl. And they want to comment on it, I've got no problem with it. And again, I think we we have swung too much the other way in society where it's all like, oh, you can't objectify, you can't do this, you can't do that. Yeah. But, you know, there's times where it's okay, it's all right. (laughs) Like, everything's a contradiction in some way. And I'm like, okay, for me personally, I kind of as you say, I contradict everything and I have got my own philosophies, but I have needed a fantasy and the now and I think you need both. Fine. So, I'm like, give him a message you, This is the second time you told me to shut the fuck up, <laughs> right, in your own weird way, right? But it's fine. It's just that one picture fucking thinking I ate it, right? The rest of it, fine. Do whatever the fuck you want. But this is it. I this get it, why, I get it This now. is the reason why I've got my... Fine. The book for men is that question and answers. So they think, oh, what should I do in this situation? What's Marina's perspective? But if there's also a sexy picture there, fuck it. Because I've had people say to me, Marina, people won't necessarily take you seriously because of the way you look. I'm like, really? I don't give a fucking shit. I'm going to use it. Because if someone wants to have like a fantasy and there's a picture and I'm their fantasy, great. And it helps them solve a problem by getting them the question and answer in the book at the same time, great. Put the two together. I'm wrong, Marina, fine. Right? <laughs> I'm fucking wrong. Everything I've said before, I'm wrong. There is right. no right or wrong. I respect everything you say. Yeah, like, but I'm telling you that I'm wrong. You're no, ab- I don't think I know the thing is, is like, but after talking to you and now yeah. understanding why, yeah. I'm just like, yeah, you're absolutely right. I just think... It's not, you're not, the problem's not with you, the problem's with me. I don't think anything's wrong. I think it's amazing what you're saying. And I just, I just think it's great because it's, it's even bringing more like forward my passion of why should it be separate? Why should a fantasy and the now be separate? Why can't it? You know, if your mind can't tell the difference between imagination and reality, which it can't, and scientifically you produce good chemicals in your body, what's wrong with having fantasies? What's wrong with sometimes in your life needing a vision? And you need the now and to be present. 
And you do a bit of both. But I'm, again, I want people to choose and have the ability to choose. And I prefer them to pick that than be worrying about their past all the time and be stuck in their past and be in their victim mode and be beating themselves up and be scared about speaking and be scared about being themselves because they're not living. And I want people to live. I do. <laughs> I want people to live, you know, and take risks. Somebody, where the fuck can they find you? <laughs> that was the question. Yeah, where, my where, website, right. marinalazarus.co.uk, yeah. Instagram, LinkedIn. Yeah. Where, do, where do you want them to find you? I think they should just follow you on Instagram, yeah. just for the fantasy. Um, yes, because it's like fantasy stuff. <laughs> and then obviously my book and stuff like that will be coming out soon. Uh, but you're not going to put that picture in though now, are you? The one the temple. Yeah. I did actually think that one was not the right one. Yeah, it's not right. It don't look fantasy. It does look a bit weird, doesn't it? Yeah, just like, what's she doing? Uh, why, is she, why, is she, <laughs> why is she doing that? I think it's a nice beauty shot. <laughs> I know what you think. It's not been pretty yet, has it? <laughs> No, because I'm finishing that. That's the first part. I'm finishing it off yeah. now at the moment. Who's putting it together, um, you? I'm putting it together and I've got somebody else like, helping me with the copywriting. Yeah, just chip the image off. Put another one in. You've got fucking loads of images. <laughs> I've got loads. Right, Marina. Thank you. It's been a fucking pleasure, motherfucker. You've blown my mind. I've, there's a few things I'm, in my meditation tomorrow I'm going to reflect on from this podcast. Oh, thank you. It's, it's been, been an honour. Same time. Jinx. Have you talk. <laughs> Sorry. No, you've lost. Thank you for everybody. <laughs> Goodbye.